Welcome to Accessible Art History, the podcast, the best place for art history lovers or anyone that is curious. My name is Annalisa, and I'm here to share an incredible work with you. Just a quick reminder before we get started. All sources and images will be posted on the Accessible Art History blog. You can find the link in the episode description as well as on our Instagram at accessible.art.history. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get started. In this episode, I am going to be discussing a seminal piece of Renaissance sculpture. David by Michelangelo shows the biblical hero preparing for his battle against the giant Goliath. This work showcases the sheer talent of the artist as well as important tenets of Renaissance art. We are going to explore all of that in today's episode, so to learn more, then keep on listening. Before I talk about the sculpture itself, I think that it's important to give background on the story of David. He was born into a large family, the youngest of eight sons. They were shepherds. When David was a teenager, the prophet Samuel anointed him as the next king of Israel. He was introduced to the current king, a man named Saul, and became his personal musician and attendant. At this time, Israel was at war with the Philistines. Their champion was a giant named Goliath. He challenged the Israelites by stating he would fight their champion in single combat. None of the Israelites volunteered, too scared of Goliath's size and power. But David offered himself up, wanting to spare his people from a lengthy and bloody battle. On the outside, it looked as if it was going to be an easy victory for Goliath. But David had his tenacity and his faith. He took a rock and loaded it into his slingshot. Winding up, David aimed at Goliath's forehead. The shot was true, and David slayed the giant. This story, for obvious reasons, was quite popular, especially in the history of art. Michelangelo's sculpture is only one such example, but it is one of the most fascinating. Sculpted between 1501 and 1504, Michelangelo's David stands at an astonishing 17 feet tall. Originally, it was commissioned as a set of statues depicting biblical heroes, but it was so perfect in the people's eyes upon completion that it was the only one ever made. Although he was paid about 400 ducats, $86,000 give or take in today's gold value, Michelangelo also took it as a personal challenge. You see, the piece of marble that the sculpture is carved from had been abandoned about a decade before. It was considered flaw and not suitable for art. Michelangelo knew he was skilled enough to coax a figure out of the rock, and boy did he ever. Michelangelo sculpted David in a classically inspired contrapposto pose. I've talked about this in past episodes, but in case you haven't listened to them, this is when the weight of a figure is shifted to the back, hip, and leg. It creates a nationalistic sense to the work because it's how people stand when they're at rest. He is nude, the only details being a slingshot and the deadly rock. David carefully surveys the scene ahead of him. His brow is furrowed and the muscles in his shoulders and neck tensed as he realizes what's about to happen. The amount of emotion and tension in a single space is simply remarkable. Today, you can visit the sculpture in the Galleria della Catamia in Florence, Italy. However, it wasn't originally intended for that space. In fact, the Galleria wasn't even constructed until 1754, two and a half centuries after Michelangelo sculpted the piece. Prior to this, David was outside, in the Piazza della Soneria, outside of the Palazzo Vecchio. This is the center of the city, where the government operated. He was actually originally meant to be on top of the cathedral, but he was far too heavy to get up there. Because of this, David became the symbol of the city. We'll talk more about this later. In 1873, the sculpture was moved into the Galleria. Due to weather, including acidic rain, David was starting to break down. So the decision was made to move him inside and immediately begin restoration. By 1910, a replica was constructed and is still standing in the piazza today. Next, we're going to dive into Michelangelo's life and his techniques. But first, let's take a quick ad break.
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now that we're back, let's dive into Michelangelo's life. He is one of the most famous names in the history of art. Although he always considered himself to be a sculptor, his painting and architectural skills were equally impressive. In fact, he is one of the reasons the term Renaissance man was coined. Michelangelo's abilities were so legendary that his contemporaries referred to him as Il Divino, or the Divine One. This led to him being the first artist to have his biography published while he was still living. On March 6, 1475, Michelangelo di Ludovico Bonorati Simoni was born in Arezzo, Italy, a small town in the Republic of Florence. His family had been small-scale bankers and nobles for generations, but their wealth and prestige had run out by the time he was born. In order to make ends meet, his father took a job in local government, which did afford him a few connections. Sadly, Michelangelo's mother died when he was only six years old. This marked a turning point in Michelangelo's life. His father sent him to live with a stonecutter and his wife in town. The exposure to marble quarries instilled a love for sculpture that would last his entire life. It wasn't long before his artistic talent was noticed. He was sent to Florence for training and entered into the workshop of Domenico Ghirlandino at the age of 13. However, Michelangelo was so proficient that only one year later, he was working for the illustrious Medici family. For the remainder of his life, Michelangelo worked between Florence and Rome. His work was in high demand, and his most illustrious patients were the Medici family and the papacy. Some of his most famous works, besides David, include the Pietà, the Sistine Chapel, and the Madonna of Bruges. Michelangelo continued to work until his death on February 18, 1564. He was 83 years old, a remarkable age for that time. Even then, he was remembered as a man of many talents. Despite his cranky and often off-putting attitude, it's clear that Michelangelo was a true Renaissance genius. As Michelangelo was a native Florentine, it is easy to understand why this piece became a symbol for the city. But it actually runs deeper than that. Florence saw itself as the underdog of the Italian city-states. It had a different form of government than everyone else, and was also a bit smaller. Rome to the south had the papacy, and Milan to the north was run by former soldiers. So it's no surprise that they had to keep their eye out for threats. In his story, David was also the underdog. Nobody thought he was capable of beating Goliath. Yet he did and became king of Israel. Florence identified with the spirit and David became a symbol of pride. In fact, it was situated in the piazza with David staring in the direction of Rome. A not-so-subtle gesture. Ironically, Michelangelo likely got much of his inspiration for this piece during his time in Rome. In the early 16th century, numerous archaeological digs were occurring around the city. In fact, on more than one occasion, the Pope himself, Julius II, sent Michelangelo out to survey the scene and claim any artifacts for the newly built Vatican museums. This allowed the artist exposure to some of the greatest works of the classical world, including Laocoon and the Snakes and the Belvedere Torso. 
It helped Michelangelo to not only understand the human form better for creating contrapposto, but exposed him to the idea of the heroic male nude motif. One of the most prominent Renaissance elements of this work, besides the ode to classical sculpture, is the sense of rationality. Everything is balanced. David's body is symmetrical and proportionate. Although we can see he is tense about the events to come, he isn't out of control. These are things that were prized during this era in history, and Michelangelo combines them masterfully. David by Michelangelo is a pillar of Renaissance sculpture. Not only does it represent an inspirational biblical story, but it shows off the tenets of the artistic style. It is a masterpiece and a beautiful ode to Florence. Make sure to tune in next week when I wrap up season four. The final episode will be about The School of Athens by Raphael. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Accessible Art History, the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at accessible.art.history for updates and keep an eye out for our next episode. They drop every Monday on your favorite podcast platform.